What's up, nerds? You are listening to Comical Podcast. This is Seek Donnelly, and this is my favorite show ever. These guys are awesome. Continue to listen and go out there and tell all your friends, these guys are the bomb, bitches! And welcome to episode 61 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Lord Horstocles Miguel Garza. We also have two very special returning guests to the show, Mr. Omar Spahi and Mr. Seek Donnelly. How are you doing today, guys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you back, Omar. Uh, you were actually one of our... You were our very first guest on the show, and... Uh, it's been about a year since we had you on, so we wanted to have uh, have you come back on and talk about awesome, and kind of check in, see where things are at now, and uh, seek. You know, we love you. We talk to you like weekly on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> that I need to be better with the the, the hashtag FF on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try to talk to you too, Omar, but it seems like you're uh, you're way busier. <laughs> well, Omar's my Omar's my boss, so if you can tell him, I'm at least a little busy. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, man. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like Seek's always talking to somebody about comics and awesome. He's always promoting all the time, all the time. <laughs> well, let's not waste any time because uh, Omar's got to leave 50 minutes into this. So we're going to start out talking some comics right off the bat. Well, that's what happens when you're big time, man. You got places to go, people to see, money to make. Exactly. Money to burn because you've got so much of it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I have that problem. I like that problem. <laughs> what were your top two books this week, Miguel? All right, well, number two for me this week was Evil Empire number 10. Oh, yeah, Max Bemis and Victor Santos. You know that's one of my favorites. Dude, just cut out the banner and be a bad motherfucker. <laughs> that, was the, that was page two. Page two of that book. That book is just like, I, just crazy. People killing people left and right. The little girl tricking the, the good people to open up the door and just popping caps. What do you mean, good people? Isn't it all a matter of perspective? Yeah, I guess it is. The uh, rebels, we call them the rebels. <laughs> the rebels. I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm, I'm pro empire. So, you know. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then at the end, the, the rebel chick just like, oh, we're just gonna play some hardball, motherfucker. And it's like, whoa, like they're not afraid to use the language, the violence, or anything in this book. This book is like just out there and it's just like so exciting to read and you're like damn i feel like getting up and beating somebody right now in the office (laughs) the book is just like the story within the book and nothing is off limits which is something i really enjoy it's been one of my favorite series since it came out i think max bemis is just writing an amazing story didn't quite crack my top two this week but i loved it you know me violence demons whatever yeah (laughs) what was your number one oh my number one was another kick-ass book Zero number 14. You don't even need words in this damn book. <laughs> Just fist of cuffs, nuts getting ripped off, arms getting smacked, blood going everywhere, chick blows up the building. Oh, my God. This, this, wow. Yeah, if you remember a couple weeks ago, uh, Zero number 13 came out, and it made it into both of our top two lists mm-hmm. for the same reason. Edward Zero was fighting people in an elevator, and it was pretty much a textless book. I mean, there was a lot of close combat fighting, and the panels were so well done that it actually looked like you were watching an action movie. And this issue, issue number 14, is actually a continuation of that fight. Uh, he meets the other guy on the next floor who's like the big, really you know, bulky wrestler kind of looking guy. 
and they have another huge knockdown drag out brawl in this hallway and it is brutal there's no other word for it i don't know how zero guy walks out because uh, he's just that good i mean <laughs> he's not good he got his butt whooped dude but he he won yeah he won but damn <laughs> I don't know if that's called winning. <laughs> He's not Charlie Sheen in it. Winning? No. <laughs> Barely escaping with his ass. But yeah, it's a great one. If you if you enjoy <laughs> violence the way Miguel does. What are you saying? Pick up <laughs> I love heartfelt stories. You've, you've heard me with some of my wimpier books out here. Wimpy books? <laughs> we don't read any of those. <laughs> Popeye's friend that eats hamburgers? What? No, no. <laughs> my little pony, you know. <laughs> wow. So what's your number two of the week? Uh, my number two is actually Life After Number Six from uh, Joshua Fialkov and Gabo. Uh, it was such a cool book. Uh, there's there's so much weird stuff that happens in the Life After. You know, it follows Jude, who's like this weird outlier in the afterlife. Uh, he's teamed up with Ernest Hemingway. That's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> now they teamed up with the woman who he helped in the first issue, and they're basically exploring the catacombs beneath Purgatory. They're trying to figure out where they can go to get away, and they stumble upon this ancient god who happens to be a giant fluffy bunny rabbit. And when I say giant, I mean tremendous. Oh, it's huge. It's <laughs> uh, a he, huge bitch. <laughs> he's, a, he's a god of cuddliness and uh, <laughs> and fluffiness. I don't really know what else to say. because uh, the, Oh, your qualities. The, the demon spawn, the, the girl who was working for the other side, for hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, she got brought to that fluffy bunny, and she turned into like this princess. I mean, she's a goody two-shoes now. I know, that's just crazy. So, I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know I love this book. From beginning to now, and I can't recommend checking it out enough. Because it's weird. Yeah. I get you. What was your number one? Uh, my number one, it's a DC book, which does not happen hardly at all. What? Uh, Batman number 38. Scott, really? Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, they just knocked it out of the park, man. <clears throat> you got the Capullos? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a potential legitimate origin story for Joker. And not just kind of speculation, like it might be the Red Hood kind of thing. This actually tells where Joker may have come from. And it was so well done and so well thought out. And it explains what's going on with this crazy Joker serum that's affecting everybody. And on top of that, uh, it puts Batman in such a weird and terrible position that he has to go and seek help from his enemies. And not just any enemies, but like the, the Court of the Owls. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. Well, dude, the freaking Joker has like upped his game. You made a statement a couple of weeks ago. I don't think it was on the show, but uh, when they were doing this arc, that the Joker was no longer looking at as Batman as like a friend anymore. Uh, he's looking at him in a totally different perspective, and so he's become vicious yeah. and brilliant. And it's like it's quite scary, actually. The Joker's really like I was like, damn, like, yeah, <laughs> you don't know me <laughs> exactly. I mean, the whole metamorphosis, the Batman didn't even know it was him. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, holy crap, it's a freaking Joker! And it, it just do yourself a favor, go out there and read Endgame. It's only four issues in so far. Just amazing, and I can't even get over how good Batman Thirty Eight was. Did you tell Greg today you loved it? I have not yet, but I will. Shame on you. <laughs> Well, what was your pick of the week? I'm pretty sure it was the same as mine. Pick of the week was a new book for me today. Uh, the Dying and the Dead, number one, your boy Jonathan Hickman. Yep, and drawn by Ryan Bodenheim. Yeah, love the art. This is East to West, man. That's what it feels like. So. It's definitely a Hickman story. From beginning to end, you're following this old retired army colonel whose wife is dying. Mm-hmm. And he's approached by these creatures. You don't know what the, exactly what they are, but they're immortals. Uh, they're some kind of... Either I, dead. I think they're demons. They, they might be. I mean, it kind of makes it seem like the whole deal with the devil sort of thing, but they don't really explain that in the first issue. I figure because it's kind of like East like West and there's going to be freaking demons all over the place. Right. They give him the option to save his wife in exchange for doing a service for them. And they don't really say what that is yet, but I'm sure going forward you're going to find out. Uh, the story is just... He's going to... 
He's going to try to go kill that Adolf Hitler kind of guy. Right. He's going after the, the Nazis. He's trying to reclaim that briefcase, but we don't know what the purpose of the briefcase is yet. With all the clone women and all the clone dudes. Right. Um, it, it's just really, really good. Uh, it's a great first issue. It's like 60 pages for $4. <laughs> it's a great deal. It's a great read. I liked it. Hell, even our boss liked it. He was standing over my bags like, whoa, this is kind of cool. Yeah, so I'd, I'd recommend going out and checking it out. I mean, you can't get much a better deal than 60 pages for four bucks. So, And it's Hickman, so you know it's going to be quality. Mm-hmm. Did you guys read any, any one of those? Yes. Uh, the, no, the new Jonathan Hickman book, I actually didn't have a chance to read. I mean, new comics just came out today, and and, uh, and even though I did happen to stop by a comic book store, uh, I, I could only afford two books today, and uh, so I got... Two books that I was uh, that are from friends of mine that I thought would be pretty good, so um, I'll have to go back and get that next week. Well, what books did you read today, see? Uh, well, one of them came out last week, and I feel like a bad friend for not picking it up, but, uh, but I got it today, and I read it. Uh, it's called Rain, R-E-Y-N, by Kel Simmons. Yeah, that was actually uh, our uh, pick of the week last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kel's really good. He's a really awesome guy. He's a great writer. I love I love Trouble, and I, and I really am a big fan of uh, Mercenary Sea. So when I saw that he had another book out by Image, I was like, well, I got to pick that up. And I actually really dug it. Uh, it's, you know, as you talked about last week, you know, it's about a drifter who's kind of, uh, you know, kind of moseying through the, the, the wilds of the world and comes across this farm and, you know, the giant like, spider creature comes out of the ground and he has to kill it. And you're like, well, what kind of world is this? It seems very medieval, but there's a lot of supernatural stuff in it and a lot, you know, giant monsters. And, and then later there's like a kind of a twist with, with him talking to himself and, and you, you, you kind of really don't get a, a real grasp of, you kind of get a sense of what kind of guy he is. He's like a drinks beer, screws girls, kills monsters kind of guy. But there's definitely something more going on there. Isn't that the best kind of guy? <laughs> yeah. So he hooked me with the first issue like he always does. So I'm definitely going to keep reading this book. It's funny you said that because he's coming on the show next week. We'll tell him you said nice words about him. No, I wasn't here. Don't talk about it. <laughs> Seek was never here. He's, he's very interactive with his fans and with people online uh, and with podcasts, obviously. And, and that's really important, as, as me and Omar know from being indie comic guys. You know, no one's no one's going to go buy our stuff just because our names on it. Our, our names don't mean a lot right now because we're just starting out. So it's about building those connections with people. And he does this thing where if you if you send him a self addressed stamped envelope, he'll sell you. You know, he'll send you like some free rain stickers, mercenary sea stickers. You know, he's very interactive like that. He takes the time to connect with people, and that and that's very important in indie comics. Yeah, he actually published one of our. Uh, we wrote a letter to the editor. For mercenary scene number five, and got it in the back. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did a few things for us. He signed that issue of mercenary C you gave our boss for Christmas. Yeah, Kel's a great guy. Uh, I love him. I've never met him personally, but you know, I love talking to him. When you do, you you want him to kidnap you. He's the best guy. <laughs> I met him in uh, Heidi Hill Comics a few weeks ago, and uh, uh, not a few weeks ago, a few months ago actually. It was very sweet guy. He was uh, the mercenary scene number one had just come out. He was just in there talking about the book and talking about uh, what it's like making a new number one and, and everything like that. Really nice guy. Well, Seek, so you said a comment earlier a few minutes like, you guys, your names don't mean anything. I mean, Seek, I mean, you're you're loved by us and by the comic syndicate and a few and other podcasts. The, the entire podcasting community. All Pretty the much. And then Omar, <laughs> we pimp you out all the place everywhere. We had some of the flyers still from last time. And I, every time I'm handing them out at all the cons, I always say, this guy here is amazing. This guy started his own company. This guy's doing this. This is his thing from his book from Daniel. Uh, it's an amazing book. You should pick it up. We constantly are talking about you. Because, uh, again, you were our first guest and you were the 
a funny, nice guy to us then and still are, and so we appreciate everything you did for us. That means a lot to us. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe our names don't mean nothing, but it's 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 really cool to to, to have that you know have that impact on you guys. It, it really means a lot to us. It, it, when we have bad days and we hear something like that, it really completely one eighties our day and makes it feel really good. So thank you. You're totally welcome, and it's totally deserved. Yeah, we're always looking to pick up anything you guys put out. I mean, you guys do great, great work. You really do. Speaking of what they do put out, let's talk about it. Go ahead. So, uh, Omar, you have a new series out, Separators. Separators is, uh, is a continuation of Xenoblist. It's uh, kind of rebranded. It's the Xenoblist taken in like a new direction. And uh, it's, it's the same concept as Xenoblist, which for people who aren't familiar with that, it's about these uh, nine different stones. And each stone has its own different power, like earth, wind, water, light, darkness. And if you hold that stone, you're able to do whatever you want with that element. And uh, it, it's cool because as Xenoglyphs was kind of about Steven and Dom uh, and like fighting Anubis, this is kind of like kind of evolved and all the characters you kind of met through uh, through Xenoglyphs, they kind of have their own stories and you kind of find out more about people as individuals and there's a whole bunch of new stories. So it's not even about like, it's not going after one stone now, there's like a bunch more stones and things get a lot crazier. One of the things we talked about when we first had you on was that uh, Xenoglyphs was very geared towards being an everybody-friendly book. Like, kids could read it, pick it up, and experience it that way. But uh, Separator seems like a little more adult, to me at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, for me it was always kind of meant to be a little bit more for everybody. As I'm kind of getting more and more out there, I'm kind of realizing that I'm trying to make it a little bit like seven and over. I'm trying to, I used to try to do something that would go with everybody, but I think looking back on my work, I think like seven and over is kind of the, the like threshold. So anyone from seven to, you know, our age will enjoy it. So. Cool. Yeah, I love the new series. I, I really enjoy it. I love seeing what's going on with Steven and then Dom and Jennifer. I'm like, what? Like, what? what? <laughs> like, holy crap. It's like real world. <laughs> I don't know. That marriage came pretty quick. I don't know anybody's gotten married that fast. <laughs> we know a few people that are, look like they would. Should I give you guys some spoilers? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, the, the marriage was actually a ploy. That's why uh, they got married that quick. Don't you remember when he's sitting on the on the chair talking to her and they said, we're the girl, something we have to do this to protect the families? That's when I kind of figured the marriage thing was kind of a... Well, I mean, I, I knew there was some kind of underlying thing as well. But <laughs> yeah, surprised that I picked that up? Hello. That does, that does surprise me. Tells you how much I pay attention. <laughs> That's awesome. How much I love the book. I just love the book. I really do. It's cool, man. It's like Anubis is like my new favorite bad guy. He's a dog faced dude. I love it, man. <laughs> Where's the horse guy? That's the question I have to ask. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Lord Horse Decles appears with the stone of big stones. Yeah, you don't, you don't, know, you don't want to know what element he has. <laughs> so there's what? Uh, how many more do we have to go in uh, separators? Yeah, separators. How many more books here? Because what, we got three? Right now, as we're kind of nearing towards issue 12. There's uh, some stuff that happens in issue 12, which kind of sets up the next arc. So, like, in 11, 12, it's going to set up everything that kind of happens throughout, you know, arc three, the third the third act of the book. We're hoping to have five total acts, so it's going to be hopefully five, uh, six-issue series. Um, I don't know if they're going to stay separated or go back to Xenoglyphs or something in the middle or something new altogether. Um, so that's still something we're going to kind of wait and see, but the goal has always been to do five different series, five different arcs for the complete story. Nice. So it's uh, we'll see exactly where we end up, but uh, we we kind of have something in mind. Well, I have something in mind, and, 
and speaking with PJ and speaking with everybody, it's just it seems like uh, things are are moving in a good direction, and, and I know where the book's supposed to end. I know how to get it there. It's just a matter of uh, hitting all the beats and, and making the issues. The art is uh, is getting prettier and prettier as the issue goes by. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sorry, man, I was doing some thinking there, and I just realized he's talking about how many acts he's gonna have. This could count as a miniseries, right? Pretty much. Well, yeah. It's Damn it! I hate miniseries. <laughs> can we get an ongoing? Can we just keep it going, Omar? Just keep it going. Well, I mean, he said it's gonna be five on five, six issue miniseries. So it'll be thirty books total. That's not enough. Keep it going, man. <laughs> you can never quit. Right till you die, man. <laughs> I, I don't think thirty's a miniseries. I think that's a maxi series. Yeah. Okay. I hate anything that doesn't that stops. <laughs> <laughs> All good things must end. Yes, I know Daniel in book four. Come on now, come on. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel was fun. Terry actually called me a few months ago. I think about a month ago. And he said, "Omar, I have this killer idea. I really want to do another Daniel book. Let's get it done. I want to do it. I love it, man." He says he constantly tells me it's like the best work he's ever put out there. And uh, we're trying to hopefully push Daniel so we can make some really cool stuff happen with him. There we go. Awesome. That's what I'm talking about. See, do you want to tell him your uh, idea you had for Daniel? Share with me. Uh, which one? Which idea? Uh, what kind of like style would you like to see Daniel? Oh, I mean, you mean like if it was a movie or TV show? Yeah. Yeah, like I, when I read through Daniel, I, I mean, and, the, and that's obviously uh, Terry's inspiration for it. And by, and by the way, before I get into that, real quick, uh, this month in preview, starting in February, we're we're uh, it's Black History Month, and so we are re-releasing Daniel. Um, as the trade paperback, so another chance for people to order it if they haven't read it the first time. Uh, and also, we're going to re-release Xenoglyphs, and they're they're doing a big spread on us. Uh, you know, if, if if anyone out there who hasn't noticed, all of our books have African American lead characters in them, um, and so we got actually like a big push from Diamond in next month's previews for Black History Month. So that 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 it meant a lot to me that we we got that push, and they have a great interview in there with Terry about the re-release of Daniel. Um, so we definitely have plans to keep going with that that book, but. The, the actual look itself, when I was you know reading through it again recently for Christmas, I was like, God, I want to see a movie like this, but shot like Sin City. Like, yeah. That's what I Ooh. Like, that'd be I think awesome. That would be so cool. Yeah. Daniel Sin City. That'd be, yeah, I'd go see that. Daniel City. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool. No, was, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that comment about the African American lead uh, because with Rain, again, uh, I made comments last week about how I find it's awesome that you guys are doing stuff like this, using minority characters as leads and everything else. And so I had nothing but praise for people like that. And a great job, guys. I mean, my hat's off to you for doing that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I think just, Omar, we grew up in the 90s. You know, we, we read comics in the 90s, and there, there was a big push for that in the 90s, especially with characters like Spawn or the Milestone characters. Like, I mean, I know Omar has, you know, like, we have the same inspiration, so we come from the same era of comics. When I was a kid, Green Lantern was black, and Iron Man was War Machine. So, uh, so that's just those are the superheroes I grew up with, and that's and I like to mimic that in the stuff I write nowadays. Sweet, he's just a war machine. Another superhero seek, uh, seeks one of Seek's favorites is uh, Aqualad. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, come on now. What the hell's going on here? Aqualad? <laughs> if you read it, Monument, you, you probably can't tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the artist, uh, our artist Eric was like, who should this guy look like? And I go, Aqualad. He goes, 
like Aqualad? I go, no, just make him Aqualad. I'm like, Young Justice is my favorite cartoon. Make it Aqualad. He's like, all right. Man, could have gone Black Manta or something, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone's going to have a father. That's true. (laughs) Merman is upset. (laughs) Well, he couldn't really make him look like Merman. That would have caused all kinds of problems. (laughs) Well, let's talk about... uh, Awesome comics as a whole for a second. So how has the company really grown since the last time we talked to you? Oh, wow. So a big thing we've been working on is, I don't know if uh, you're aware, we have this, uh, we have a partnership going on with uh, an image book, uh, Sons of the Devil. I think I saw something about that, yeah. So that's a, a big step for us as far as uh, growing the company. It's like it, we're, we're with the biggest independent comic publisher out there. So that's definitely going to help us grow and help us get our numbers up. That's Brian Buccioletto, right? Yeah, Brian Buccellato. And uh, he's doing a great job on Injustice and Detective Comics right now. But the goal is uh, is now to be a little bit more selective about the material we put out because we realize that since we're such a small company, we want to put out stuff that really is going to make a good impact and want to put out the right products to uh, help build our brand and build our IP base. To sound strategy. <laughs> so uh, we're definitely trying to work smarter instead of working harder. Not that we're not working our butts off, because I know Zeke has been killing himself. And I love that. It's not the work. It, I'd be dying either way. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh, but that's not funny. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, the job is fulfilling, so it, 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 it rejuvenates me every day, even though it's tiring at the same time. It's still good. That's good. Like, I, I, I'm very thankful. Like, I, I've, you know, a year ago... A year, a little over a year and a half ago, Omar came to me and was like, "Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I really think I want to give this company a shot, and it means a lot to me uh, as a friend of his and someone who had very limited background in doing what I'm doing for the company. Uh, for him to take that shot on me and for us to still be here a year later, it, it really means the world, and it's a testament to the people who have supported us, who did try our books out, who have helped us spread the word. Like it, it, it just." Like I, I would have, this is where I hoped to be a year ago, and I'm glad that we're here, and I'm glad that Omar hasn't stopped. He's like, all right, well, you know, we just had, we had meetings this week. Like, this is where we're gonna go. This is the direction. Here's the products I'm thinking about making. Here's the things that are smart. You know, here's the things. Here's what we need to do. And he's he's just really like has a clear vision of, of of this company, and that that makes my job easier as someone who's trying to handle the marketing and doing the editing and and doing some of the other responsibilities. It it really helps give me a focus of where to put my energy and and Omar's helped me realign my energy when it comes to that kind of stuff and and now I think we're, we're back both on the same page and and not that we were that distant before but just as a small company we need to constantly be connected and and and, and under Omar's guidance it's been helping me tremendously so so it even when it is hard work it's still awesome because it's you know it's comic books. How can I be really upset by that? You know what you hear right there, dude? That's passion. Mm-hmm. Passion but hard hard work, brilliance. I mean, these guys, you guys are going to go places. I mean, you guys, you guys just need that little bitty break. And I think you're getting it. I think you guys are going to be really huge. And I'm glad we know you. So when you are big time, we're like, hey, I know those guys when they first started. And I really feel what? <laughs> <laughs> I get he busts my balls a lot for this type of stuff, but. I really admire all the comic book people in the world who do this stuff because this stuff is just amazing and wonderful. All right, there you give me the look. I see. But you guys are well, going no, I was, was going to say the same thing. I mean, it, it you is. guys are going to make your mark, and you've already made your mark. You will be remembered 
Uh, you'll be remembered by us, and you'll be remembered by all the fans who listen to this show, and you'll be remembered by the people who pick up your comics. You guys are doing a good job, and just keep going, man. Just keep going. Thank you. That means a lot. You know, it's difficult, and, and especially as a small company, it's, it's, at times it gets discouraging. At times we think, you know, what are we doing this for? How, when are we going to be ready for DC? When are we going to be working with Marvel? When are we going to be doing this? When is this going to pop? When is this going to happen? And, uh, you know, we're just right now kind of paying our dues, putting in the hard work, I know we're like nobody. I mean, here, Justin and myself, I mean, we're just a podcast. Yeah, I'm a somebody. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing this for a year. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for a year now. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for the kind words. But we've been doing this for a year now, and we're hoping for our break as well. And we've talked to some people who are up and comer guys doing their Kickstarters, and we have a very good. Uh, what are we like? Ninety-eight percent helping people getting their kickstarters through with all the stuff we help pimp them out, I and mean, we do all kinds of things. We did it for Seek. Yeah. Well, I remember <laughs> we were trying. To, I forgot who it was. It was one of these young guys coming on, and his book was really cool. And I forgot who he was doing it with, but I was like, man, we know some people. You know, I, I almost feel like I want to be able to help you guys. Like, whenever we have some newcomer guy come on the show, and he's like really talented, and it looks really cool. We, I'd like, hey man, I know the guy owns his own company. Maybe you should reach out and talk to this guy. It's like I want to, I want to help. I want to have a mark as well. I want to be able to help people like you guys just blow up. I mean, we may have a break here eventually. We may wind up on the radio here soon on another like Sirius XM, kind of like that. But we're getting kind of a little bit of break. But I want to be able to help people like you guys because you guys are really amazing to me. That's awesome. Sirius, hire these guys. Hire them. Hire them right now. <laughs> right now. I promise you 2,000 subscribers at the end of their second week. <laughs> that was an awesome endorsement <laughs> wow <laughs> hey justin you got something on your nose <laughs> i got something on my nose from one comment you've been brown nosing for 15 minutes come on <laughs> not, i speak from the heart heart to cleese over here so let's talk more about them man well we got a little bit of time before they go so actually i want to move on to the tell me a funny story bit Okay. And uh, Omar, you have a funny story for us? No, no, I, just, I think you guys have a funny story for us. <laughs> well, dude, you guys get to tell one, too. Like I said, we've seen your Facebook. <laughs> you, go first. you go first, and then we'll chime in and we'll come in. Oh, me first, huh? Yeah. Okay, pressure. All right, well, okay. Um, my voice, I guess, since you heard me from before to now, I'm a little nasally, a little congested, so it's a little deeper than it normally is. I was pretty sick uh, this past week, and that's why our last episode is coming out today because <laughs> we had to record. It was our yearly episode, and I was sick with the flu. And I was sick really bad for five days. Um, and then along that lines, I had a little, I was tripping, I guess you would say. I uh, didn't have sleep for two days in a row. And then on the next day, this is where the funny story comes from, um, I finally fell asleep. I thought, was, <clears throat> I thought the sickness was the funny story. No, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to sleep, and I'm like, Okay, it's Justin and me. I'm having a dream. Pretty cool. And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of other podcast people. Why am I in your dreams, man? It's <laughs> because it was comical podcasts, war games, kind of like Hunger Games-esque. I kid you not. <laughs> there was like all of a sudden all the other podcast people we know. And like it's like a big Hunger Games war. Like we're here fighting, but we're like not fighting with weapons. We're fighting with like microphones. And okay. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, I'm like seriously tripping ball sack here. I'm like, what the hell? And then... uh 
I wake up two hours later and I'm like, what, 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 and I'm like, I remember the thing. I'm like, what was I just dreaming? What the hell's going on? All right, I'm going to lay back down. I'm going to dream about something else. As so- I, I kid you not, because I took medication to help me sleep, to help my anxiety. So as soon as I put my head on the pillow, I was out again. And bam, right back in the, in the freaking Hunger Games again. <laughs> it's like the Mockingjay this time or Burning Fire, whatever the hell it is. And now we're in the freaking water. Justin doesn't have a shirt on. I don't know what, don't ask me why. <laughs> I think I, something happened to me. Oh, I took a shot or something. Somebody shot me with a, with a, what was it? I think it was a freaking uh, a pen or something. I don't know. And another, I'm not going to mention names, but a certain podcast group is there. And we're like going mano a mano. And I don't like the guy. So I'm trying to hit him with everything I got. <laughs> and then I wake up again. And I'm like, I actually sit up like, what the hell? Like, Jesus, I'm really sweating now. I'm like, I mean, I was actually swinging fists in my sleep. And uh, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Let me let me get some water. Let me walk around. This can't be happening anymore. <laughs> so I lay my head back down again. Hunger Games one more time. <laughs> and uh, You had to get the whole trilogy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're not in this one. You're gone. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I got broken because I wound up on the floor. <laughs> you were gone, Justin. I think something happened to you. I think you fell, but you saved my life. And I guess I'm Katniss then, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, you're Peter, I guess. It was like the... Back until we fell in love and then you killed me. <laughs> <laughs> my wife does accuse us of having a bromance. What kind of messed up dreams <laughs> you about me, man? <laughs> Telling you, man, it was just one of the weirdest dreams. I'm like, seriously, I woke up and sweat a couple times, and like I said, the last time I was on the floor with the, my blanket wrapped around me in some kind of a cape fashion. I have no <laughs> freaking clue if I had gotten up and I was running around the house. Yeah, but you woke up and you were a different type of superhero altogether. I know, right? Uh, socks were not on. My my my. I, I'm a little go. I don't even want to go any further than <laughs> what what else was wrong with my clothing at that time. <laughs> but. I think someone mentioned to me that the dogs were howling in the middle of the night. So that might have been me having some kind of battle royale in my living room. Because I had separated myself from my wife because being really sick and everybody else, I didn't want to infect her or the boy. So I isolated myself in the living room away from everybody else because they could go in the rooms and shut the door because I didn't want to get anybody sick. And I've been spraying Lysol like out the wazoo. Maybe that's what it was. I got some bad Lysol. (laughs) (laughs) But see, the reason why I think I actually... You're supposed to huff it, man. (laughs) Well, the reason why I think it's uh, something was happening, I wish I had a camera on me that night. That might have been pretty damn funny. Because when I was a younger kid, I, sl- I did a lot of sleepwalking. And my grandfather once told me that we were watching a war movie. And then I used to sleep on the floor. They'd make a pallet for me in their bedroom with my grandparents. It's the same house I live in now. And so I used to lay on the floor. And my grandfather said I got up and I was screaming something. He went after me and I ran outside the door and I jumped over the uh, rose bushes and did a roll, a combat roll into the ditch and came up like I had some kind of M16. My grandfather's like, what the hell is wrong with this boy? <laughs> and I was running around like, get down, get down, they're coming. And I was like, with my, my mouth shooting a fake gun. And my grandfather, was, so my grandfather told me, you know what you did last night? No, I, I feel pretty good. I'm kind of tired, but I don't know why. You're out running around the damn yard like a damn fool. <laughs> so maybe some sleepwalking happened that night because it was like I told you, the two days before I had no sleep. You set up a video camera and record yourself. <laughs> Put this on YouTube next time it happens. Oh, no. And I haven't really told the wife the full story about the Hunger Games, but she listened to the episode, so now she's going to hear it. <laughs> so that was my funny story. It's just me tripping after not having any sleep and being on this medication and just losing my mind. 
That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> if I had the video recording, it might have been pretty damn funny. I would never play it. <laughs> no. Yeah. How do you know it's not happening every night? Nice. <laughs> I mean, we could make it into like a weekly YouTube series. What does Miguel sleepwalk as this night? First of all, we have to give him two days of no sleep and get him sick. Uh, make him puff like tall. <laughs> we gotta get him uh, the anti-anxiety medicine. And then put him, wrap him in a blanket, superhero cape, and then make him go to sleep away from his family, and then video record the whole process. Sounds simple. Let's that, do it. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to set up a video recorder and, and seek. It's going to be some freaking supernatural type episode. Some freaky things going to be walking through my house. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> It'll be me wearing the mask of the podcaster you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll make it worse. He'll be shirtless. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, you were standing kind of like uh, Miss Marvel does with her hands on her hips. I don't know why you were doing that though. I, I have no idea, Justin. It's my hero pose. Okay, there you go. <laughs> what about you, Omar? You got a story for us? Okay, I think we lost Omar. Hang on a second. Uh, That's a mess. I said you had to run. Yeah, <laughs> or you I do. I, I was I was literally outside my front door and I heard the the computer go. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> so I ran back and I was like, "Yes, I get to say goodbye." And yeah, and uh, say, "Here's they, a funny story." See ya, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Goodbye. <laughs> you guys are are really awesome people, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. And I will be back, I promise, and tell you guys the most hilarious story you've ever heard. We look forward to it. No pressure at all on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but feel free to always reach out to us whenever, you know. And the same goes both ways. You guys can always reach out to me if you guys find someone with great talent. Send them to me or send them to Seek, and, and we'll love to, to be in touch with them. All right, we will. All right. All right, guys. I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Omar. Take it easy. So now we're just here with Seek. Uh, oh, God. Now the show is just downhill from here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a shame because it would have been really funny if he – if he just uh, he he's got way more class than I do, I would have been like, "Here's a funny story." There's this one time where I left this podcast in the middle of it, and then I would have hung up. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't your funny story, was it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't know. You laughed. Um, Wait for the click. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I'd uh, give you guys an option for my funny story. I'll give you a teaser of each one, and you pick one, and I'll save the other one for next time. Okay. All right. There's the story where my car caught on fire um, while I was driving it. And then there's the story of how I met Steven Spielberg. Oh, oh, damn. See, the car catching on fire reminds me of Josiah's from the comic <laughs> syndicate. That's what I'm looking towards this one. But meeting Steven Spielberg is, is like, I don't know, man. Let's do car fire. Yeah, car fire. <laughs> yes. Uh, that one's probably the funnier one. So uh, I used to I used to work for Disney in Orlando and I was a, a camera operator and uh, some in, in some instances, depending on what we were filming. And then in other instances for for extra money, I would be like a camera utility. So I'd have to like lug all the gear and, and do all the, you know, the bitch work, basically. So one day after a shoot, we finished like at two in the morning and I had to load up my Jeep Wrangler with like a cooler full of, you know, drinks and supplies that we had left over from the day, uh, camera gear and everything. So I'm driving back home and I'm on the freeway and I'm probably like three exits from my my apartment. And then even then I get off the exit and I'm still like a mile away from my apartment. Uh, the car 
engine bursts into flames <laughs> while I'm driving it at 2:30 in the morning on the freeway, and I'm and I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> and I like swerve off the road, come to a stop, run to the back of my car, reach in the cooler, grab every can of bottle of water I can find, dump it all over the hood of my car, and put the fire out. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, well, now here's the bad part. Like, will my car start up again? So I turned the key. It actually started up. I managed to get off the exit and right off the exit, there was like a car garage. So I pulled into the car garage and then I had the worst time after that because I'm like, all right, the car's here. I can call them in the morning and I can get them to look at it and I can walk back up here. No problem. Um, but uh, I had all of the camera gear that I couldn't just leave in the Jeep because it's a Wrangler with a soft top. It would all, all been stolen. Um, and the cooler full of, <laughs> full of uh, like it was a company cooler full of drinks and stuff. So I said, you know what? kiss my ass on the snacks. I put all the the snacks and drinks and stuff, left them in the car, put the, some of the camera gear in the cooler and, uh, and then had to carry a camera on my back. And I had to walk a mile at like three in the morning. I got home at like four 15. It, it took me, uh, maybe it was a little bit over a mile, but it took me an hour and like 10 minutes to walk home. Um, and I'm dripping with sweat, sweat and everything. So I get home, put all the camera gear, get my car situated. They fix it enough to where it can run, but not much. Like the guys like, look, it could probably start up three or four more times and that's it. So the thing was, this was like one of my last jobs and I had to return this camera gear, which luckily someone came to my house and picked it all up for me. So that saved me a trip. I was moving out here to California, like not even like a week or two later. So I needed a car, uh, to, 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 to make that drive. I was assuming my Jeep would. So I <laughs> turned the Jeep on, it barely started and I drove it to the first dealership I could find, which was a Kia dealership. I pull in, park my Jeep, stop it. And then and then as it's sitting there parked, I try to return it to see if it'll restart. And it's dead, 100% dead. Um, so I'm like, crap, I basically have to leave this lot with a car now. So I go in. Luckily, it's the last day of the month. It's like the last day of April uh, of 2007. And... Uh, so most car dealerships, they have to sell cars on the last day. Like it's, it's their last chance to get a bonus or commission. So they'll make all kind of crazy deals. Just a hint for all you guys out there and all you people who are looking to get a car go on the last day of the month. And you could probably get a sweet deal. Like I did. I go in there, I say, Hey, I want to trade in that Jeep Wrangler, which besides when you lift the hood up, it was, you know, looked like it'd been on fire. Luckily he didn't lift the hood up. Um, and I said, I need to, I want to trade that in and I want to get a Kia today. And I don't want to leave this lot without a car. And he's like, yes, my man. So me and him start talking. I, I, I tell him about the Jeep. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a 98. It's, it's excellent condition. Uh, you know, it runs fine. I just got it tuned up today. So everything's perfect on it. Uh, and the other guy's like, all right, cool. I'll give you, you know, like $5,000 or $4,000 for the Jeep. And I'm like, okay, I'll take the 4,000. So we put it towards a Kia and then but the key I wanted wasn't in my color. Like it was, I wanted blue, but only the orange one was stick shift. So I was like, well, you're making me get orange. That's not my color. So I think you should knock like 2000 off that. And me and this guy, like, <laughs> like I'm trying to act like I know what I'm doing and not looking like I'm desperate for a car. Well, anyway, at the end of that, that whole transaction, that whole fiasco, I end up leaving with that car, having only paid very little for it. And my payments really low. Uh, and that guy pr probably went 
to my Jeep and started it. <laughs> and it either exploded and killed him or, <laughs> or it didn't start at all. And he got fired. So if that, so it's a funny story for me, but if that guy's out there and anything bad happened to you because of that Jeep, like I apologize, uh, but I, I needed to get the hell out of Dodge. I needed to come to California. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was just like a, a terrible, but also like when I look back at it, like one of the funniest like moments of, of, uh, me ever trying to buy, I was like the first car I ever bought too was go, like the Jeep I bought. And then, then I bought this car after that. So that's funny, <laughs> crazy, that's funny. crazy stuff. It's not, it's not like super haha funny, but I'm telling you, if you were there, like watching me do all that stuff, like carrying the cooler full of camera gear, you would have laughed your, you would have laughed your balls off looking at me. That actually reminds me of uh, something funny that happened with Heather's old car. Because uh, she used to drive like a 2003 Saturn View, like a for yeah. utility vehicles. And <clears throat> it had all kinds of electrical problems from the moment we got it until the moment we got rid of it and she got her new Accord. Um, so towards the end of its life, it was doing weird stuff. Like the headlights would like flicker on and off while she was driving and the radio would like just all of a sudden turn up to full volume while she was driving. Well, the weirdest thing it ever did is we got in, we turned it on, and we started heading down the freeway, and the alarm started going off. Mm-hmm. And it was just going, wee, 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 the whole time we were driving down the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have loved the cops on you. <laughs> it did that for a good 15 minutes, and people were, like, getting out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I I had that once. I, my... Um... I, w- I wouldn't say it was my first car because I didn't have it for long. Um, it was a Mazda RX-7 in 1982, and I bought it for like 1300 bucks. and I tried to fix it up. Uh, you know, back then I knew a lot about cars, um, and, I, and I worked at like CarMax and stuff, and I was trying to fix this thing up, and, and uh, everything that could go wrong with that thing went wrong. Like the horn broke, so every time I made right-hand turns, the horn just went off like constantly. <laughs> uh, like the back w- – one day I like li- lifted up the back uh, windshield with like the kickstand that's there to hold the back windshield up. I held that up, and I'm like vacuuming inside the car, and then I turn, and it knocked the kickstand out, and the and then the, the lid fell on the kickstand and shattered right through the glass. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like one time I was driving, and a window just fell out. Like <laughs> – <laughs> I go, I think there's like gears and stuff inside the window to like prevent that from happening. And this thing was just like, nope, it, it would rather commit suicide and smash on the street than drive with me. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know we had Josiah on the, on the show. We're going to be on their, we're going to be on their show soon. I'll, I'll save, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sa- save them a story too, a car story. I'll have to find another one that I have. Yeah, because Josiah's car broke down on him pretty bad, man. Well, like four times. He had like four new cars like in the span of six months. And his car <laughs> stolen from him, too. It's like some really bad freaking luck. Oh, God, take the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Big time player like him don't take the bus. Yeah. No, he's, he's, no, he's not a quitter. You could, take, you could take 10 cars away from him. He'll buy an 11th one. He doesn't care. <laughs> you get his co-host to drive him around, damn it. Come on, Adam, go pick him up. <laughs> With the sexy legs. The sexy legs. <laughs> his, Darth Vader <laughs> breeding, his Darth Vader breeding apparatus. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, they were on our show uh, not too long ago. It was a great episode. Yeah, our New Year's episode. Uh, yeah, I love those guys. They're the best. Yeah. Next to you, you're the other best. All right. <laughs> I mean, that means a lot to us. Yes, it does. <laughs> that was a pretty funny story. Yeah, it was. You know, Omar's was less funny when he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, seek, seek recovery. 
<laughs> We're good. I got gotcha. you. All right, good. I threw that second car story in to help uh, fill in the gap for Omar. Appreciate it. Well, let's let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, about uh, some comics, movie, and TV news. We'll see what happened. Was Omar used a xenoglyph and he disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot actually. Before we jump into that, if you don't mind, uh, my my second pick of the week. I, I stopped at Rain, but I forgot to mention the other book I got this week. Oh yeah, sure. What was it? Uh, it was uh, Transformers Punishment by John Barber and Livio Ramondelli. It's a one shot. Basically, this was like a motion comic that came out last summer. Uh, so it was like an interactive digital reading experience. It's actually where I got the idea for Alain Vital uh, was was reading through this comic and seeing how it works uh, digitally because you can touch on like Optimus and make a move and you know you can and uh, I think there I, I don't know if there's a version where there's voice actors but but he did tell me that was capable of doing that that technology is capable of doing that um but it's really cool you can you know move the captions around and stuff and it's a really cool in- interactive experience so so they just released it in print and it's a gorgeous book i love levio and and if anyone from image is listening kel simons on an image book that he writes with levio ramadelli drawing i'm telling you that will be a top seller like that would be a great combination cool that's pretty cool man you touching in the voice actors i mean come on you have warpath in there wham bam <laughs> you got a promising career as a voice actor with that that one catchphrase. <laughs> I'm like, read the line. You're like, Lord Horstcles. I'm like, no, no, the actual line. Stop making stuff up. <laughs> cool. cool. I figured Seek was going to tell me he picked up sex criminals or sex or something like that. Come on. <laughs> Not a deviant like you. What do you mean a deviant? Those are your books. I read those because you put them on my desk. I don't even pick those up. I, I would have got Sex Criminals, but Separators was just before it on the new release wall, and I bought Separators number three instead. That's understandable. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Sex Criminals. I have to. It's. it's <laughs> I, I kind of have to at least buy one copy of our own book. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on to the news. Uh, what do you yes. want to talk about first? Give me some TV news. TV news. Okay, so apparently Fox is in talks with Marvel about an X-Men TV show. Hmm. Interesting. How would you feel about that? Well, are they going to spend the money? How are they going to be like the shield and, you know, like kind of have it like. Well, they're mutants, so they have to have powers that are visible. Exactly. So, well, as long as they don't go cheap on it, because if you go cheap on it, it's going to be crap. Are we going to bring new X Men people or are we going to be like bringing Cyclops and those people? I think it would almost have to be lesser known mutants. You know, they can't do Wolverine and, and Storm and Cyclops. I don't know if it's going to be successful if we don't go with, like, the big name guy. I think you'd have to have at least one to be, like, the headmaster, right? Pride? Yeah, it could be Pride and Burke. Who's going to be on the show? Gold Balls? <laughs> <laughs> Maggot. Bring Maggot. Ma- Maggot, Marrow, Cannonball. There's, there's tons and tons and tons of, of X-Men. I, I don't know. When I heard that news, the first thing I thought of was Generation X, the made-for-TV movie back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was also by, by was on Fox. So <laughs> that was – and that was pretty rough. They had Banshee and uh, White Queen as the headmasters like 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 they are in the comic. Hmm. What, Alpha Flight? Um, <laughs> Alpha Flight, yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh, I think nowadays – I mean look how cool the Flash looks on TV. Um, and that's CW. They don't have a budget – like Fox or even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. do, and they still make their show look amazing. So if they get the right people involved, that could be a cool show. Okay, I, I'll go with you on that. I'll agree with Seek. Okay, maybe somebody like Phantom X, maybe Puck, uh, maybe Betty. Puck. 
Uh, they got you they got to use slightly lot. slightly more well known characters than the ones you're naming off. But still, these these are funny, you know. These are some funny people. Phantom X would be great. <laughs> yeah, but Phantom X is <laughs> fairly obscure. I mean, you're better off going with like Jubilee. Well, no, 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 no. You're gonna have like Kitty Pride, but then you're gonna have you need people that you know. They're probably gonna want to build up the the base on some you know maybe maybe bring a Gambit you know since no one loves him right now for some reason. Well, I mean, they're uh, doing the Gambit movie with Channing Tatum, so it doesn't make sense for them to have him on the TV show. So he's going to freaking dance? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to whip out his staff. Magic Gambit. I just wow. threw up a little, thanks. <laughs> Give me some of that kinetic energy. Oh. <laughs> That's how you get started. <laughs> what else you got, man? What other TV news? Um, apparently Suicide Squad is returning to Arrow in episode 18. Sweet. Are um, they actually going to show her this time, or I, it doesn't say? It doesn't say. It says Bronze Tiger is not going to be part of the team this time. He's going to be away on some other mission. Okay. And Cupid is apparently joining the team. Ah, okay. Hmm. You weren't a fan of Cupid? No. Hmm. That's uh, that's Mary Winchester from Supernatural, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not enough. Normally, somebody says anything related to Supernatural, and they're like, "Ooh, Supernatural." <laughs> <laughs> All right, if that doesn't get you, uh, then I, I got nothing else. Because I, I really want Harley. I, I I want Harley. That's that's what I want. We know you want uh, Harley. And it'll be nice if she's in the show too. I agree with you. Shut up. That's what I Punk. Oh, and speaking of Winchester, um, the dad was a Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Dean. I can't think. Dean Morgan. Whatever his name is. Jeffrey Dean. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean, Dean Morgan. Yes. He's going to be in a new series coming out Memorial uh, Memorial Day. Uh, Texas Rising. You should go look at the trailer and check it out. It looks pretty interesting. That's cool. I like him. He's a good actor. Yeah, it's about the the inception of the Texas Rangers. It's going to feature the Alamo and Jonah Santa Ana and all that in the Battle of San Jacinto, but it's the, the the whole premise is going to be the birthright of the Texas Rangers. It's got Bill Paxton um, in it. Yeah, Bill Paxton's in it. Uh, Brendan Fraser's in it. Uh, what? Ray Liotta's in it. Uh, it's got quite Holy a few people God. in it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be on History awesome. Channel. It actually does look pretty badass. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Four days, eight hours. Uh, I, I became a over Christmas break. Me and my brother, uh, we don't bond often, but we bonded by watching Pawn Stars and American Pickers together. I'd never seen either of those shows. Actually, I don't even think I heard of them. And uh, so we watched them together, and I was like, "Huh, these shows are actually pretty educational." And he's like, "Yeah, it's a History Channel, bro." I'm like, okay, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, so that sounds cool. I'll watch that. That sounds neat. Sorry, I didn't mean to take you off comic there. No, no, you're fine. Whenever you talk about Texas, it's a good thing. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. uh, (laughs) Let's move on to movies then. Okay, go ahead. Did you see the Fantastic Four trailer? Yes, I did. What did you think? Who's the black guy? I just messed with (laughs) you. That's Vince, man, from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, dude. I don't care what they did so long as it doesn't (coughs) suck. It looked okay to me. It seems interesting. I, I can, you know me. I can kind of suspend disbelief or whatever they're going to go with or whatever they're going to try to shovel down your throat, um, whatever plot they want to use. So long as it's good, I'll be okay with it. And it looks kind of like it's going to be decent. I'll agree that the uh, trailer was more enticing than I expected it to be. I had really, really, extremely low expectations for this Fantastic Four movie, uh, and I thought some of the effects, like Human Torch and mm-hmm. Reed stretching his arm and. Some of the stuff looked really cool and definitely had like a very sci-fi feel to it, more so than like the other Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. Um, that said, I mean, we didn't see a whole lot, so it's kind of hard to gauge what the movie's going to be like. We said low expectations, so it'll probably be great. 
<laughs> you go in there thinking it's a blah, blah, and you wind up thinking, wow, this is amazing. Or you could walk in and it could be another Pluto Nash. You never know. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Zeke? Um, all right. In the positive, I will say, I will agree with you. In the positive, I every piece of news that came out of this movie, even seeing Johnny Storm's suit, which at first I was like, oh, that's just a mo- motion capture suit. Uh, then finding out that, no, that's the suit he wears in the movie. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I had the lowest of expectations for this film. So seeing the trailer was a pleasant surprise in the, in the sense that, like, wow, th- this caught me off guard. Like, this looks very intense, very focused. Uh, but on the negative side for me, it looks like it takes itself very, very seriously, which is okay. Like I, I don't want them to like, you know, not take it serious enough because that's how we got the last two fantastic four movies. <laughs> um, you know, but, but taking it too seriously because you're embarrassed by the source material. The last time they did that, in, in my personal opinion, you know, not to speak for anyone else, but it was man of steel. And Man of Steel is just one of those movies where like we want to make a Superman movie, but we're but but Superman's values and morals and everything are are outdated and he's boring and he, and we're embarrassed by him. So this is our version that we don't have to be embarrassed by, and that's what I feel like with with uh, with Fantastic Four they're, that they're that I'm gonna end up watching it going, okay, well this is just like they're Man of Stealing this. They're they're embarrassed by the original, so they're trying to. It looks like they're trying to win a dang Oscar with this movie, uh, which uh, which is which is nothing wrong with that. They got great actors in the film. Uh, I will pay to see this movie. I, I will say that based off this teaser, it has got my money. Uh, maybe hopefully opening weekend if I have time. If not, I definitely want to see it like in the first like couple weeks that it's out for sure. Like people on Facebook calling it the serious four. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's, it looks really intense. Yeah, I'll probably wind up seeing it open weekend. Yeah, I, I probably will too. I'll come back on and we can all talk about it. All right. Well, we'll go midnight show. Come on, <laughs> make that happen. You can dress up with Johnny Storm. <laughs> Ooh, I'll be I'll be Invisible Woman again. <laughs> I'll be Doom. <laughs> nice. Let's see. Okay, so they cast Baron Zemo for Cap Three yeah. Civil War. Okay, sweet. Going to be Daniel Bruhl. It was one of the guys from Inglorious Bastards. Okay. I don't know much more about him than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he kind of looks the part. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's got a he's got a purple face. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was holding the hoodie, so I mean, I figured he was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Zane, man. Billy Zane's oh. purple before. Come on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Billy Zane in everything. I'll watch it. That's what I'm saying. Thank you, see. Billy Zane should replace Melissa McCarthy in the Ghostbusters movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it still, but, but Billy Zane is Slimer. I'll watch it. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn, that'd be awesome. Like, Ghostbusters, come on, go on your rant. Yeah, they, they announced the uh, the Ghostbusters casting today, and the four yeah. main Ghostbusters are going to be Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. I am perfectly okay with three of those casting choices. We got against Leslie Jones. Who's <laughs> <laughs> don't you like? I don't like Melissa McCarthy at all. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I saw that on your on your Facebook actually. Yeah, I mean, oh, she's just she's just loud. It's not because she's fat. There's a lot of really good fat comedians. She's just very unfunny. Like uh, I've seen some of her stand up. It's not great. I've seen oh, several of her movies. I saw the one she did with Jason Bateman because uh, I like him a lot. I was very disappointed. I saw the one she did with Sandra Bullock. Again, very disappointed. <laughs> I saw Bridesmaids, and I thought she was the worst thing about that movie. Uh, just I've seen Mike and Molly. 
I gave it a shot because I like the guy because he used to be in um, Yesteer, that other comedy. Uh, he was fine. She was okay, but it wasn't great. It wasn't a great show. Just <sighs> I'm really disappointed she's being in Ghostbusters because it's a franchise that I love so much, and I think she's just gonna bomb the movie. <laughs> well, like I t- yeah, but did did you see Go? The old movie Go from like 2000. <laughs> Yeah, I think is I think she's uh, the girl that answers the door when the when the when the gay guy finds out his boyfriend's cheating on him. Is she? <laughs> I think so. I, I may be wrong, but either way, that was a great performance. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I may have to go back and watch that to verify. <laughs> I, I I may have been on ecstasy when that movie came out, but I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but but uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have an opinion yet. Uh, I, I mean, normally I, I'll jump all over something, but I don't watch SNL, so I actually don't. I know M- Melissa McCartney because of her her movies that she's in, and I see her on posters out here in LA all the time. And Kristen Wiig, I kind of have a little crush on because I love the movie uh, Walt, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, yeah. um, and I kind of have a crush on her in that movie. But uh, but I don't really know who the other two are. I don't watch SNL, so. I, I don't. I can't really weigh in, unfortunately, on this one, guys. I've seen enough of their skits that I I'm not super familiar with them, but I know who they are, and they've made me laugh before. So I feel mm-hmm. comfortable saying that they'll be okay in the roles. But I, yeah, I'm just disappointed that Melissa McCarthy got got cast because there were so many better choices. Yeah, it was Melissa McCarthy in Go. <laughs> right, so it was. It was. Holy cow! <laughs> Look at that. Take that brain. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm going to have to watch Go again. It's been way too long. Like I said, man, just go in there, like, lower the expectations. Otherwise, you're going to let her ruin something. And maybe she won't be enough that well, you'll mean, carry it enough and you'll enjoy it and you can get I'm going to I'm going to see the movie, but I'm not going to pay fourteen fifty to go see it in the theater. Because <laughs> it's, it's just – Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I might wait for Netflix or something. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm more – I think my only visceral, my only reaction to that is why are they remaking Ghostbusters? You know? Like, I, I don't know. I just – I don't feel like every movie needs to be remade. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Right now, I think I know a movie that I want to see. Hmm. No, uh, Boom. The dog. But of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boom is doing, uh, Boom is doing, uh, Big Trouble Little China series that takes after the first one. And if, oh. they were, if they were to do the movie based on this comic book, the second movie, it would be freaking hilarious. It's the same old stupid line, same old Jack Burton, same old. Egg Chen and and all and Lopan Lopan it's just great. <laughs> it's so funny to read. I would love to see a nice. second one. It is it is pretty good. And I'll agree with you. So what else you got for me, man? Uh, that's pretty much it. No comic news. Uh, the only real comic news is that uh, Axel Alonso came out and said that Secret Wars was definitely not going to be a reboot. Okay, uh, but you know, looking at it, it's he said it's going to be a reboot of setting, but not of characters or not of character history. So all the history that exists for whatever characters come out of Secret Wars is going to maintain itself. Uh, it's just that the world is going to change. So, uh, you know, it's semantics. It's a reboot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, isn't there a new Green Lantern coming out now? Yeah, well, they, they've been talking about that. I, I forgot to mention that. Eric Lopez, your cousin. The Looker. The Looker. <laughs> he, right. uh, what up? He, uh, he wanted to ask to talk about Tyrese Gibson wanting to play Jon Stewart. And like reaching out to the people that are making the movie and trying to get them to hire him on. How do you feel about that? I like Tyrese. I have no problem with him. He's funny. He's an idiot. I mean, he can be, you know, I think he's pretty decent. I enjoy him in the Fast and the Furious movies. I enjoy him in a bunch of the crap he's done. I actually like him. I think he could probably pull it off. 
Um, but John Stewart's kind of a serious. He's the serious Green Lantern. He's not the funny Green Lantern. Well, like I said, Tyrese. I mean, Tyrese has played some roles where he's been kind of like a gangster type, you know, personality. It's been like a strong influence. He's not, he's not ghetto Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, not everybody wants to be typecast. That's true. I mean, this guy, this is a guy who is an actor. I mean, it is called acting. He probably wants to flex those muscles and be seen as someone serious. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think if they, whether they made it how Jordan or John Stewart or Guy Gardner, even who is more of a, a smart ass and a comical character, I don't care which one they make. I mean, have you seen DC movies there? Like ever since like dark Knight minus green, the first green lantern, like they tried to make their version of a Marvel movie and they, and it doesn't gel with them. So they've gone the super serious route. And so it doesn't matter which green lantern they try to cast or which character they go with. They're going to make him super serious. So I, I don't, I, I would just say for Tyrese, I don't think that's how actors get picked for movies. <laughs> I don't think yeah. you, you, you get friends to Photoshop your face onto things and, and then you send it out. I, I think that's kind of, uh, it's a little weird, <laughs> but, uh, but, but at the same time, if he did get cast, I don't know if I'd be upset. John Stewart's my favorite green lantern. I want to see him on screen no matter what. And there's a lot of great actors out there that could play him. But if Tyrese is the top runner, it's still going to get my money no matter what. You know what's going to happen? Ja Rule is going to get the get the part. Effects <laughs> <laughs> or com- oh, better yet, Kamala could pull it off. Yeah, I don't know. I think that the perfect John Stewart has already been found. It's just a matter of, of getting them to sign on. Who Elvis? Uh, Idris- oh, oh, that guy. Idris Elba. Absolutely. Yeah, that guy can freaking act. Yeah, actually, I saw oh. this movies the other day where he's a killer. Crappy. Yeah. <laughs> crappy movie. Great acting. He's ripped, but crappy movie. Nah, he, he was a little over the top in that movie. He was overacting. It's not Pacific Rim, but come on. <laughs> now, that guy's one hell of an actor. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's great. I think he'd be a great Green J- John Stewart, too. Really? Absolutely. John Stewart's your favorite Green Lantern, huh? Well, when I was a kid, like I said earlier, like like Iron Man was War Machine when I was a kid. John Stewart was Green Lantern. Like, And I remember when they switched back and Tony Stark came back in the suit. And I also remember when Guy Gardner showed up, I was just like, who the hell are these white guys? <laughs> like, like <laughs> no, Green, <laughs> I'm like, Green Lantern's black, man. And so is Iron Man. Like, who the hell is Tony Stark? Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I was, uh, that was like my introduction to comics was, was in that time period of those two characters. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> kind of threw me through a loop. Um, so yeah, he's my favorite definitely. And I, I think he's my favorite because he's the one Green Lantern I'd like to be most like, you know, like I, I'm probably a little bit more. I, although I get upset and angry sometimes, uh, I'm probably at least known mostly for being a, a relatively passive person and a sometimes funny person. And and I see him as just like this strong, just assured guy. Like John Stewart, just he knows what he wants. Uh, he's not like a 25 year old guy or or someone young who's trying to find his way in the world. He's been through it. He's lived his life. He's been an architect and he's been like a sniper, you know, in the, in the military. Like this guy has been through it uh, all. He's seen friends die and he's seen enemies die. And he's, he knows what it's like to make those tough choices. Um, and, and so he's just one of those guys that I'm like, wow, I, I wish I could be like this guy. He was, you know, I grew up in a, a kind of a broken home. My dad was in the military, but he was kind of a bad example of somebody who was a cop and in the military. And John Stewart was kind of like that positive role model. I'm like, oh, why, why isn't my dad more like John Stewart? You know, someone who's just does the right thing and, and is, is sure of it, you know? And, and so I think that's what John Stewart, I kind of have like an emotional connection to because of that. Oh, okay. I figure it would have been Kyle Rayner. Jesus, 
Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm older than that. <laughs> the Sinestro. I, I remember hating Kyle. I remember being like, ah, come on, really? Uh, no. But <laughs> he won me over pretty quick. It's all about Laura Fleesman. Oh, come on. <laughs> Laura Fleesman. It's about atrocious. Yeah. Dexter, the cat. Dexter's pretty <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a St. Walker fan myself. St. Walker. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's pretty much it for news. So uh, I want to remind all our listeners that uh, we are trying to win a nomination on the Podcast Awards website. So if you please go to podcastawards.com and vote for us on all the categories you think we fit into. We don't fit uh, in the religious one. I'm yeah, we're not, we're not a religious inspiration, but uh, we <laughs> we're pretty good in comedy. We're pretty good in uh, entertainment. We're pretty good in uh, visual arts. You know, pick pick whatever categories you think we fit into. Type our name in, comical podcast, click vote. It means a lot to us. Uh, also, find us on Facebook. Uh, I'm at facebook.com slash comical podcast. We're also on Twitter. I'm at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. And if you want to follow Seek, you can find him at Exploding Bullet. And if you want to find Omar, he's at, at Xenoglyphs. X E N O G L Y P H S. We are a great speller. <laughs> <laughs> And we have uh, at Awesome Comics up there on Twitter now, too. So follow all of them and all of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, follow them and vote. Jesus, uh, uh, I got to go on your Facebook and look for that link so I can vote for you guys. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank it's, you. Uh, it's yes. just podcastawards.com. Oh, easy enough. Yeah. And then uh, also go on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy the show. Appreciate <laughs> that as well. I mean, you're pushing your luck, but okay. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, guys. So, uh, Seek, do you want to close us out? Keep on laughing, bitches. Nice. <laughs> <laughs>